Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. When it comes to stewardship of the Lord's resources, Jesus commanded us to give. Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. And with the same measure ye meet, it's going to be measured back to you. That's Luke 6.38. By the way, let me say this. The misuse of that verse does nothing to negate the reality, the command of God. Notice also. So in Matthew 6, Jesus commanded us to lay up treasure in heaven, not on earth. And it's quite amazing how much money is being spent by those who profess to know God on every frivolous thing under the sun that has no eternal value. Jesus says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt. In other words, your money spent on earth, especially that which is in excess of what is needed, is absolutely being wasted. Moth and rust is corrupting it, and thieves are breaking through and stealing it. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying that if you lay up treasure on earth, it has no, it carries no weight in eternity. And actually, you're being disobedient if you're not being a giver into the kingdom of Christ and the work of Christ. It really makes a statement about your life, and it makes a clear statement that you don't care that other believers are being fed, equipped, exhorted, comforted, rebuked, everything that is transpiring with the work of God and the elders that God has called out to minister among us to do these things, to preach his word, to feed his sheep as he commanded the elders, which simply means older brothers who have walked with God for a while. They're seasoned and they are men of the word of God, full of the Holy Ghost and walking in the fear of the Lord and teaching, endeavoring to teach the whole counsel of God. Notice verse 20, but lay up for yourselves. He tells us where to lay them up after telling us that we would be wasting them to excessively put them into the things of this world, things of no eternal value. In fact, the Bible tells us why God gives us power to get wealth, and it's to establish his covenant, Deuteronomy 8.18, and not to see how entrenched we can become in this fleeting world by wasting the resources that he has given us. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. In other words, your investment in the kingdom of Christ has eternal value, and nothing can diminish from the treasure that is waiting for the children of God in heaven. But everybody's treasure is not going to be the same. Everybody's reward in heaven, which is going to be forever, is not going to be the same. That's according to as we obey God on earth 
with, with the resources that he has given us. And the Lord tells us exactly how that works in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. But I say unto you, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. That is self-evident what that is communicating. Those who sow a little seed are going to get a little crop. Those who sow a lot of seed, they bountifully or liberally distribute the seed of the Word of God or the resources that they have and they receive to the preaching of the Word of God. They're going to reap also bountifully. Every man according, according, notice, as he purposes in his heart. So giving has to be something that comes out of our hearts. And I would say that has a lot to do with how grateful we are to what God has provided and is providing. That would move us into a place, I believe, of scheduling God in first into our finances. And just like our time, if God is an afterthought and you don't get up in the morning and pray and seek his face in the word of God, you're not going to get around to it. It's just not going to happen. I don't believe I've ever met a person that would disagree with that. We all know human nature. And so there's a test every day as to who's truly first in our lives. If God isn't scheduled in first, then he's not going to get quality time because your mind is already going to be consumed with the things of this world and the responsibilities you have on earth. And when, if you do get around to God later in the day, it's not going to be the quality that it would have been if you would have done it immediately upon awaking, awakening. And you know, the Bible says, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Set, set it, establish that he's first, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Every one of us knows what it's like to leave the house on a morning where you sought the Lord and compare it to the time or times that we've left the house without seeking God first. There's a huge difference in the quality of our day and our lives. And many of you know exactly, all of us know exactly what that means and how that actually plays out. And it's not good when God's not first. I would exhort you immediately today to decide that each and every morning that you wake up beginning tomorrow, that God is going to be first, absolutely first. He's going to be the undisputed king of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. That was Matthew 6.33, putting God first in everything, saints, including our stewardship of his resources. You know, somebody once said, God increases your standard of living. In other words, you're making more money. You should immediately increase and already have scheduled in your heart and mind that you're going to increase your standard of giving. You're not going to build bigger barns to waste more of God's resources to have to give account to him because you are going to give account, every one of us, for how we stewarded every single thing that he put in our hands. Somebody also once said, and I like this, if God can get it through you, perhaps he'll get more to you. And I think we read that here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're on verse 7. God loveth a cheerful giver. Nobody can uh, coerce somebody 
somebody else to give. They have to choose to be grateful to God and to be obedient to God. And, and there's so much incentive, not only in eternity and laying up treasure in heaven or reaping bountifully as and only as we sow bountifully, but there's also the blessing that happens in our hearts with a clear conscience. And, you know, when you give God the first fruits of everything that you have that comes in, there comes such a, a clear, the Bible talks about having a clear conscience a whole lot in the New Testament. And the only way to do that is obedience, obeying God, not intending to obey God. Many have said this, it's not an actual scripture, but they said, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The scripture says in 1 John 3, 18, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Only those who obey God will have a clear conscience. And that's the only way to enjoy life. Doesn't matter how much you have. People that are rich in this world, which is most of us in the Western world, if not nearly all of us, do not derive a clear heart and a pure heart, which is the only way to enjoy life with joy and happiness, clarity. That doesn't come from getting more money or making money. It comes from obeying God. When you obey God, that's the only way. First, you have to be born again. That's my audience. You must be born again. And when you're born again, you're denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. And everything's all about him and others. And let me throw in his work so that others can be blessed. So every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, cheerful meaning hilarious, joyfully giving back to God and into his work out of that which he gave us. That's why we work. We work that we may have to give. Ephesians 4.28. All right, verse 8, and God is able to those who give with a cheerful heart, God is able to do what? Make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. We don't have to worry about having enough. If we give, God is going to make everything abound toward us. And that's the quality. I believe this is speaking of quality of life here. Let me read it again. Verse eight. This is an absolutely magnificent truth. And God, he's speaking to those who give or sow, sow meaning give or distribute bountifully, purposing in their heart and doing it cheerfully. That's what he's speaking of when he says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Who's you? Those who give bountifully, those who give out of a cheerful, loving heart. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You will always have all sufficiency in all things as you walk with the Lord, abiding and obediently, worshipfully serving him in deed and in truth and not just in mere words of lip service. In fact, in the previous chapter, chapter 8, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, I want to point those two out to you. It's a lot of data in there, biblical truth about giving in these two chapters. Verse 15 of chapter 8, it says, as it is written. Now we're speaking for the moment about God, all you as you obey God and do it joyfully. You're going to always have all things that you need. He's going to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having 
all sufficiency in something. No, that's not what it says. Always having all sufficiency in all things. Hello, may abound to every good work. Second Corinthians, a chapter before this, eight fifteen, as it is written, He that hath gathered much had nothing over or left over, and he that hath gathered little had no lack. I want you to meditate on that verse. That's a Selah truth right there. That comes from the writings of Moses. Paul is quoting them and uh, specifically to believers under the new covenant. He that hath gathered much had nothing over, nothing left over, wasted a lot, gathered to himself into his barns plenty instead of being of a liberal soul who is going to be made fat, Proverbs 11 so he that hath gathered much had nothing over, nothing left over, and he that hath gathered little had no lack. I'm going to leave that one to you. Now, let me throw this in there too. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Notice the first fruits. That's a putting God first. That's I'm not teaching tithing, so I haven't even mentioned the word till now, and I probably won't mention it again. We're talking about giving, which is all the way through the Bible. God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave. When you love God, you will give to the things of God. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Honor him. He gave it to you, right? He said, I give you the power to get well, and it's to establish my covenant. Deuteronomy 8.18. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world before Christ returns. Matthew 24.14. And let me ask you a rhetorical question. How are you participating in the gospel being spread to as many hearts of men, human souls, eternal souls across the earth? I'll leave it at that. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increased. So shall thy, what is the promise and what is the condition? The condition is to honor the Lord. And when you do, you're going to do it with your substance, with what he's given to you. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Notice the blessing of God here. Notice the promise that God is going to cause your barns to be filled with plenty. You're going to be all sufficient and always in all things. That's what he's saying. As we just read in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Also, while in Proverbs, we're going to look at chapter 11 and just three verses there as we bounce back to our main text, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and finish up. Notice what he says in Proverbs 11, beginning in verse 24 through 26. There is that scattereth. He's talking about seed or sowing the seed. You know, picture a farmer out there, especially one of old time with a bag strapped around his neck and right there around the front of his waist. And it's full of seed and he's scattering that seed so that today, so that in the time of harvest in a few months, he'll have a crop, right? Now, if he puts a lot of seed out there, he's probably going to be getting a lot of crop, right? Well, yeah, of course. But if he just sprinkles a little seed here and there, it's going to greatly and grossly minimize the crop that's going to be coming in a few 
few months, and that's not going to be a happy day for him when he stops to realize that he could have just as easily just sprinkled and sprayed and just dumped all kinds of seed and spread it all over his farmland and got an abundant crop. Think about that in the end of our lives. I wonder how we're going to be, how we are going to fare in our looking back at what we did with what God gave us on this earth in this temporal life. We will not be able to have a redo. We will not. Today is the day that the Lord has made and we must obey him in all things and do it out of a heart full of love for him and worship and thanksgiving for all that he has given us because every good and every perfect gift comes from God, right? And it's sent down from the Father of lights, James one seventeen, Proverbs eleven twenty four through 26, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth and there is that withholdeth. He hoards, he holds back resources more than his meat or that is good, but it tendeth to poverty. Spiritual poverty is coming upon those who are hoarding that which God command, gave it to them to give and commanded them to give. It tendeth to poverty, spiritual poverty. Remember, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so speaking of laying up our treasure in heaven and where our treasure is, Jesus said, said, there will our heart be also. If we desire our heart affections to be in glory, that is in heaven with Jesus in eternity, we simply place or we invest, we put our treasure there in heaven, that is, while on earth. Selah, or think, meditate upon these things. Again, Matthew six twenty one. for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We should have an attitude that we're going to refuse to waste the seed, the substance, the whatever God's given us, the resources of this life, that we're going to refuse to waste them, but instead to utilize, to put forth those resources to where they're going to make an internal impact for the glory of God. We should remember that the way that we are spending the money and the resources that God is giving us is a direct reflection a direct reflection of the priorities of our hearts. Let me say it again. The way we spend our money is a direct reflection of the priorities of our hearts. We must ask ourselves, is God truly first? Is he first in our lives? And we can find out by looking at our expenditures or the way we are spending the money that we have coming in that is a gift from God. See, the people who are sowing into the kingdom of Christ according to the percentage of that which God is giving them and with a cheerful heart. That's the two things God looks at we see in scripture. Remember the woman with the two mites? She gave everything. Jesus praised her in her giving, but he didn't praise the men who had much in this world and gave what amounted to be much, but it was a very small portion of what they retained because they were hoarding it. There is that gathereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat or good, but attendeth to poverty. Some people are wondering why they can't get on fire for Jesus. They're not flourishing in the things of God and all the things of this world that they have laid up for themselves to make themselves rich in this world, Luke 12, is not giving them a quality of life. In fact, it's eating them alive from the inside out and it's tending to it's leading to spiritual poverty of their 
soul and heart. And for many, that's going to mean eternal damnation if they do not repent of this idolatry and this sin. The Bible says a covetous man who is an idolater hath no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Ephesians chapter 5. So there's two kind of people he contrasts here, those who scatter liberally or generously, and they increase, they flourish in the kingdom of Christ. And the other are those who withholdeth. They do not give proportionally and with a clean, clear, loving, joyful, happy, hilarious heart, being a cheerful giver. They don't give out of what God's given them sufficiently and abundantly. Rather, they withhold and then it tendeth to poverty, poverty of spirit. Their soul is being rotted. It's rotting. It's because of their own refusal to worship God in spirit. And in that truth would include being one who performs the will of God that is generous as God has been generous with them. The next verse, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Liberal meaning generous. Generous, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Notice he's talking about the prosperity of the heart, which is the only real and lasting prosperity and that which gives you a quality of life that is otherwise unattainable. Because only God can, you know, the Bible says it right here in the same book, he that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Have you ever met anybody that doesn't have a lot in this world and yet they're full of the joy of the Lord, full of the love of God? It just gleams like a shining light out of their eyes in their lives. Yet you realize, wow, that person has very little in this world. See, they have a liberal soul. They're givers of their lives and their resources, and they're being made fat. In other words, they're absolutely, totally healthy and nutrified and flourishing in the Lord. That's the real prosperity, saints. Money cannot buy it. In fact, money, if you hoard it, will rot your soul. And that's what we're reading right here. It will destroy your love, joy, and peace. You are being disobedient when there are needs of Christian people and ministries around you, and you are doing very little to help, and you are further embellishing yourselves with that which has no eternal value when it could be used for the glory of God. Verse 25, the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Again, that's one of the myriad of promises that those who give are going to be blessed and taken care of when famine hits. He that, verse 26, and then we're going to bounce back. He that withholdeth corn, there's hoarding again. We keep seeing hoarding or withholding over and over in these passages. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. You got to get it out to the people. You got to get the seed in the ground. You got to take it out of what contains it now and get it to where it belongs to be a force and a blessing in the kingdom of Christ and preaching and teaching and getting his word out to the people, his word which never returns void. All right, so we're going to finish up here in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 9. Let's pick up there. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Notice giving and righteousness are clearly linked in that verse. Let me read it again. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 9. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad those that are cheerful givers and 
are spreading their seed in the right soil. He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, that's God, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So this is like Paul is declaring this as a biblical truth that he knows, but also he seems like he's praying this, like a prayer declaration. Now, he that ministers seed, and we're learning stuff in this, these words, he that ministers seed to the sower. Notice God gives seed to those who sow the seed they already have. Remember I said earlier that someone has noted that if God can get it through you, he might just get more to you. That seems apparent that he that ministers seed to the sower. Now, God ministers seed to the sower. When we've been faithful over the least, he makes us ruler or responsible over more. And we should ask ourselves, am I being faithful according to the word of God to God with what he has already given me? Interesting. That's a very important rhetorical question. And those that are going to be disciples of Christ will get honest about it and will make the changes and make them permanent. Now, he that ministers seed to the, who does God give seed to? He gives seed specifically in this verse, in this context, to the sower, to those who are sowing out of what he's given them already. They're being faithful to the Lord. And the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 20, that the faithful man is going to abound with blessings. Now, he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply. There it is again. Multiply your seed sown. That probably has more than one meaning. Multiply, make it bring forth great crop, both now and forever. And also multiplying more seed back to you because you were faithful in that which he's already given you. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. Increase the fruits of your righteousness. Wow, that's a spiritual flourishing now. And it would also relate to eternal treasure. All right, verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes Causeth through us thanksgiving to God. This is such a rich passage here, being enriched in every everything. Notice everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Let's pray, saints. Heavenly Father, we ask for the holy fear of God to permeate our being. We pray with David, Lord, unite our hearts to fear thy name. Circumcise our hearts, O God, and cause us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We must choose to do that, and we pray for every divine incentive for such, Lord, and to be enriched with all your bountifulness, and to emulate you, to obey you, to worship you in giving back out of that which you've given to us. We ask you to convict us and cause our hearts to be very sensitive to that conviction so that we are walking in an obedient, giving lifestyle with you now until you return, Lord Jesus. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're 
your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.